Well, we're going to get right into something today called frequency, okay? And it's, it's uh, all about cutting through the noise. How many know that you got a lot of noise in life? Yeah, yeah, you got a lot of things chirping at you, speaking to you, a lot of things trying to what? Just distractions, right? A lot of things. You know, one of the, one of the number one things or one of the greater things that a lot of Christians kind of have a hard time with or understanding with is hearing God's voice. Distinguishing what God's voice is. And, you know, in other words, we, we, we come across, well, I feel like God's speaking to me, but maybe that's just me. Anybody ever done that before, right? Don't raise your hand. You don't have to. If you want to, that's great. Well, I'll judge you, okay? Um, but have you ever thought that before? You know, you know, maybe, you know, oh, you know what? I, you know, I've had this happen before. Pastor God spoke to me. He wants me to get involved in this ministry. And then, you know, a couple weeks later go by and I notice a person's not involved and I go to him and I say, well, you know, what happened? Well, you know, I realize that's just not for me. Really? Okay, 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 I got you. So, you know, it was indigestion, right? Bad food, pizza, too much pepperoni, too many hot wings. You know what I'm saying? We, we can find excuses so many times when we think we hear God's voice speaking to us or God leading us through his spirit. And how many, how many of you know, oftentimes when God does speak and lead us, it, it, it kind of gets uncomfortable. Usually he's challenging us. He's usually trying to get us to step up our game. You know, and at first it's like in anything else, the emotion is high. Yeah, we got it. We're going to go after it. We're going to do it. Right. And then, you know, time goes through and the emotion dies off and that excitement dwindles away. And next thing you know, we're not thinking that that was God's voice anymore. Maybe it was something else. You know, I serve a God that still speaks. We serve a God that still speaks. God speaks, now I'm, I'm going to be honest, I've never heard God audibly. God has never spoken and said, Pastor Kevin, this is what you're going to speak on now. You just get the leading, you know what I mean? You get that feeling within you of what you're supposed to do or what you're not supposed to do. We also get God speaking to us, what? Through his scriptures and through his word. You know, it's, it's, it's great. I think it's right around the third verse in Genesis. We see one of the first moments where God spoke and he created what? speaking into this world, speaking into this earth. And then we also look in, into the last book of the Bible where we understand where God is speaking there too. In fact, he's speaking to seven different churches. He who has an ear, what? Let him hear. So we understand that we serve a God who speaks. We serve a God who is continually talking to us, trying to communicate. Now listen, I have a lot of people communicating with me all the time. You have a lot of people communicating with you all the time. You have your spouse, which don't look at them and be like, I wish you wouldn't communicate to me all the time, all right? You know, you have people that you work with who you're communicating all the time. You have your children that you're communicating with you all the time. But listen to this. If God is speaking, you need to write this down. If God is speaking, you must listen. If God is trying to get your attention, you must give him your undivided attention. You need to listen because if anyone has ever spoken any truth into your life, I promise you, it is God speaking. John chapter 10, verses 3 through 5 says this. It says, the gatekeeper opens the gate for him. And the what? Sheep listen to his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. 
When he has brought out all his own, he goes on ahead of them. And his sheep follow him because they know what? His voice. But they will never follow a stranger. In fact, they will run away from them because they do not recognize the voice. Now, you know what's interesting to me, right, is this. I, I, I looked this up, and it's, it's, it's true, I promise you, okay? But if you take sheep from different herds and, and intermingle them, if the, a shepherd comes and calls for his sheep, his sheep will recognize the voice and can distinguish it amongst other people talking and directly go to what? Go to him. So we are to understand this through that scripture. We are to understand who's God's voice and what God's voice sounds like in our lives. God being ahead of us in our lives is a dynamic that we must have. In other words, the shepherd is always what? Leading the sheep. God is always what to be doing? Leading his people. And true, he's doing just that. So the part that you and I have to recognize is God's voice and this noise that we live in called our society. And this noise that we live in in our world. Now, to help distinguish to, for us to really know God's voice, there's, there's lessons or seasons that we go through in life. Um, let's, let's take a look at Proverbs chapter 3, verse 6 for a moment. It says this, listen for God's voice in everything you do. I'm just going to stop there for a second. Listen for God's voice in what? Everything that you do. Everything. That's in every decision. That's in every action, reaction. That's the, the moment you wake up to start your day, listening to God's voice. That moment when, when something just erupts inside of you and this anger takes over you because maybe someone has done something or said something or acted in a way that you didn't see fit in that moment. We are to do what? Listen for God's voice in everything. We need to circle that. We need to underline it. We need to highlight it. I wish it was bold in your scripture. And what, is, what else does it say? Everywhere you go, doesn't it? Everywhere you go. Now watch this, watch this, watch this. If we're listening to God's voice in everything we do, will that not lead us to go everywhere we're to go correctly? Isn't that interesting? Sometimes we say, you know, well, I just got caught up in the moment. You know, I, I, I just showed up in that, in that place and, and I don't like to be there, but I just showed up again. Well, if we're doing these things, what scripture tells us to do, I understand this is one of those messages that I'm taking off on that you're not feeling warm and fuzzy and all excited inside. I get it, all right? I can see it all over your face and I knew it anyway as I was getting prepared for this because it really challenges us a little bit here. But it says listening for God's voice in everything you do, everywhere you go. Why? Because he's the one who will what? Keep you on track. We love to manage our lives, don't we? We love to be the ruler of our own life. We have this mentality, this nature about us to be selfish in everything that we do. But we need to understand we do not own ourselves, but who owns us? God. Who is the creator of all things? God. Who was the one who we need to say, Lord, lead us? God. Jesus makes a bold statement 
In Luke chapter 8, verse 8, he says this. He who has ears to hear, let him what? Hear. God doesn't have a speaking problem, but rather we have a hearing problem. In other words, we need to cut through the noise that's going on around us. Now, I'm, I'm just going to give you a little bit of an example here without going into any details. But there was a, a major decision that I had to make at one time in the past in my life here. And uh, it was a big decision. And, and it, was, it was one of those, you know what, this is going to alter a lot of things. This decision I'm going to make is not only going to change me, it's going to change people around me. It's going to be changed people that I have to interact with. And I remember, first things first, man, taking it right to God. Taking it right, God, I got to hear your voice in this. I, I know I'm going to hear other voices. I know I'm going to hear other things telling me which way to go. I know I'm going to hear other things trying to pull me this way and that way. And this is the best route to take. And this is the blah, blah, blah. You all understand what I'm saying, right? You've been there. I take that you've been there anyway. If you haven't, you will be at some time in your life. But I remember clearly, distinctly hearing, feeling that inside of my spirit, the decision that must have been made, that I had to make. And it was a decision that was pretty much against the popular vote, so to speak. It was a decision that, you know, had to be made that was going to go, I know I'm going to hear some stuff over this one, right? Have you ever been there? Those aren't fun times, are they? Those are not moments where we're going, thank you, God, for putting me in this spot. These are moments going, really? But I recall so vividly being right smack in the middle of it and having to make such a tough choice and a tough decision that really it wasn't that tough. The thing that made it so difficult was all the noise around me. All the other shepherds around me trying to speak into my life when what I needed to do was what? Listen to his voice. I recall getting ready to make the choice and being in the thick of the moment. And you know what? When you're right there in it, it gets louder and louder and everything is trying to bring what God is wanting you to do to a complete standstill, to a complete halt. And I recall in my mind going, ah, you know, just to frustrate and be like, no, I'm making the choice. And boom, made it. And going after what, what God wanted. You know, I'm going to outline a story for you for a moment in Luke chapter 8, verses 5 through 8. And we're going to look at these scriptures here. It says this. A farmer went out to sow his seed. And this isn't a, a, a passage of scripture where you would really get the topic that I'm talking about today, but I think you'll understand where I'm going. But a farmer was out to sow his seed, and as he was scattering the seed, some fell along the path. It was trampled on, and the birds ate it up. Some fell on rocky ground, and when it came up, the plants withered because they had no moisture. Other seed fell among thorns, which grew up with it and choked the plants. Still other seed fell on good soil. It came up, it yielded a crop, and a hundred times more than was sown. When he said this, he called out, great, great scripture here, kind of a theme. 
He who has ears to hear, let him hear. So we see here, first of all, that the farmer goes out, gathers the seed, but, you know, sends it out, and the birds of the air come, and they stole the seed. Secondly, we saw that some of the seed fell onto the, uh, the rocks, the, the, the soil within the rocks, and so we understand there was some competing things there coming against the seed. We also see uh, something else, what's smothering out the seed. Sometimes things smother out what God's trying to do, but we also see here where some of the seed fell on good soil, and when the seed fell on good soil, good things happen. Jesus gives the meaning of this parable in Luke chapter 8, verse 11, which I don't have that scripture for you, but I'm going to read a portion of it. It says this, that the seed that is being spoken, the seed is the word of God. The problem isn't God speaking to us. The problem is, is us listening and hearing what God has to say. We're going to look at four different scenarios this morning. I'm going to break them down to you in four different ways. And the first is going to come from Luke chapter 8, verse 12. Jesus kind of goes on a little bit further to explain this parable. And he says, those along the path are the ones who hear. And then the devil comes and takes away the word from their hearts so that they may not believe and be saved. So when God is speaking to us, the devil is throwing something in the mix to distract or to take away from what God has spoken. So the first thing we're going to look at today, the first point is this. We have a polluted heart. In other words, God is trying to speak, but we have so many things with inside of us that's hindering the voice of God or hindering our ability to hear God's voice or rather to distinguish his voice among the many other voices that are trying to speak to us. Think of it this way. Decisions we make. Decisions we make. All right. We have a lot of things speaking to us. Um, the sin we commit oftentimes causes a pollution within our heart. You say, well, yeah, no kidding, Pastor. I, I get that. That's why God tells us to repent. Exactly. God tells us to repent from the sin that we have allowed to overtake our lives. We see that all throughout Scripture. It's one of the main focal points of the Bible itself is to bring God's people to a place of repentance. To bring God's people to a place where they can look at themselves and understand that what the actions that they have taken on possibly may not be lining up with God's word or God's will for their lives. It's easy for us to go to God with repentance on certain sin. It's even harder for us to go, to go to God with repentance over other things. Those sins that continually trip us up. Those sins that just really pollute us. And we, we, we think to ourselves, God just can't keep forgiving me for the same stuff. There's no way that God can keep forgiving me for the same things. And so many times we'll go to God and we'll ask God, God, forgive me of my wrongdoing. Forgive me for what I've done here and what I've done there and what I've done here. And, but in the back of our mind, we're thinking to ourselves, is he really forgiving me? Is he really forgiving me for these things that I, you know, continually, continually, continually trip me up? Is he really forgiving me for these things that it just, I feel so shameful about? You know, the sin that you look at your life and you look into the past and you go, I just feel dirty. 
I just feel right. I don't feel worthy. I don't even feel worthy maybe to even sit in here this morning. You know, sometimes people go through sin and it keeps them from the house of God, believe it or not. Even Christians will have a bad week and, oh, I can't go to, I can't go to church today. I just feel awful about my life. Well, hello. <laughs> Let's get there as quick as we can. Yeah, that's kind of a no-brainer. But you know what? When you're in the moment, though, that is a reality, isn't it? The answer to that is simply repent. There's no magic formula here other than to say, just give it to God and say, Lord, forgive me. You know, when we go and we say things like, you know, well, God truly can't forgive me for that. God truly can't, uh, he, he just can't overlook that one in my life. He can't, he, he's got to get tired of hearing me. He's got to get tired of hearing my voice over and over and over again. You know, it's, it's funny. I've had to have a harsh reality with one of my sons, the seven-year-old. It's a harsh reality. He's gotten to this point where he likes to, uh, can I say, get smart with his mouth a little bit. You know, is that okay? You know, yeah. It's coming. It's, com it's coming. All right. Boom. All right. And the other day, he, he, he said something. And, you know, you think to yourself, truly, they didn't mean that. I know they just did not mean that. It's just an emotional reaction. But, you know, when somebody says something over and over again, sometimes it's sorry over and over again. What happens to it? Yeah, it, it, loses, its, it loses its flavor, doesn't it? Eventually, you're, so I had to have the harsh reality. I sat him down. I said, Carter, I said, I appreciate you telling me you're sorry. But guess what, buddy? Do you really mean it? Or are you just trying to get out of trouble right now? We had to have that talk for the first time about, you know, sorry doesn't always fix everything. But you know what? When I come to God and I say, God, forgive me. Forgive me for my wrongdoing. When I, you know, with my whole heart, come to God and say, Lord, I am sorry. I am sorry that, God, I am, I, you have given your son up for me and, and I just continually live this life. God, forgive me. He doesn't look at me and go, you know what? That means nothing to me. He looks at me and goes, you're forgiven. You're forgiven. One of the biggest distractions that we have is the polluted heart. Those things that just feel like it just continually corrupts us in our heart. Those sins. And how about the things where people have done it to us? Maybe you didn't do something wrong, but someone else did something wrong toward you. Right? It causes friction. How about this within your family? Thank you. Thank you. That was a heartfelt, yeah. Sorry, I had to do it, you know what I mean? We've all been there, haven't we? We've been in that moment where a family member, don't look at the spouse, don't look at the grandparent that might be in the room either, all right? Or the brother or sister. But we've all been there in that moment where a family member has maybe done, said something, done something, and you just, you just want to smack them, right? It's everything inside of you. And you know what that does? I mean, that causes grudge, doesn't it, sometimes? That's something else that pollutes our heart. Maybe a good friend. Maybe a boss, a co-worker. Are you getting, are you understanding this? We, we, we are... We are causing things on our own merit. We're causing things in our own behavior that's polluting our heart. 
by the feelings that we're harboring sometimes. James 1 and 21 says this, get rid of all the filth and evil in your lives. That doesn't mean you get rid of the people. Sometimes you're stuck with the people, okay? Get rid of all the filth and evil in your lives and humbly accept the message God has planted in your heart for it is strong enough to save what? Your soul. In other words, repent. Give it to God. We can't begin a new life until we can turn away from the old one. You know one of the greatest things about repentance? Repentance is defined in this way to me. I'm going to give you my definition of repentance. I looked it up in the the dictionary. My definition does not match up with that definition. But I like my definition much better. Repentance is this. Here's my sin. Here's my wrongdoing. Here's God behind me. That's what repentance is. I'm turning away from it. I'm saying, God, forgive me. I repent of it. I'm turning away from it. I'm putting my back toward it, meaning I'm never going back to it again. And I'm pursuing you, God. That's what repentance is, in my opinion. You might have your own, and that's great. But what I believe that we're trying to get to, and God is trying to get into us. Look, God wants to talk to you. God's got really cool stuff to say to you. God's got things that he's trying to communicate to you that could blow your mind to help you, to strengthen you. We're going to get into our second thing here. In Luke chapter 8, verse 13, it says this. The rocky soil represents those who hear the message with joy. But like young plants in such soil, their roots don't go very deep. They believe for a while, but they wilt when the hot winds of what? Testing blow. In other words, something else is competing with it. So here we have the the distracted heart. Something else is getting our attention. It's kind of like my wife and I at the house. And, you know, we have the seven-year-old and the three-year-old. And when Andrea and I try to have conversation, it's like they're butting in all the time. Are you following me? You know, we're trying to have a conversation of, of you know, uh, we're talking about, you know, maybe we're talking about the finances. We're talking about, um, you know, family. We're talking about, the ch- we talk about the church a lot, you know. Um, so you should feel privileged, okay? Yes, all right. But we get a lot of competing voices in our lives. And so when her and I, we get to talking sometimes, and it's like the boys are right there. If, if it's not one, it's both at the same time. You know, and they're trying and they're trying to get our attention and they're trying to get our attention. And sometimes you have to separate yourself from the competing voices so that you can have that one-on-one time with one another, so that you can have that one-on-one time with God. That's why it's so very important for us to make sure that we have that devotion with God every single day in our lives. You know, uh, one of the things that, that, that I do in the morning, and I've told you guys my, my, my routine a lot. I got challenged this week on my routine and I didn't like it. I noticed something. I get up, I get things going, I go to my computer and I go to my computer to get on my version 
daily devotional that I'm signed up for, and I go through it every single day. And, but I got a problem. When I log into my computer, my homepage is ESPN.com. This never messed with me until this week. Like, I never thought about this before. We get distracted very easily. This is what I want you to understand. And so I was sitting there, and you know how much I love the Yankees. Am I right? Yeah. And so I, I logged into my computer with every intention to go right to my version Bible devotional that I go to, but instead it took me straight to ESPN.com, and I had to click a link or two so I could just see how bad the Astros were defeating the Yankees. Yes, last night was one of them. They're out. Sorry for you Yankee fans. And conviction hit me. And guilt hit me. Y'all think this is so stupid. I, it is. It's absolutely stupid. I get it. But for me, it's not because it's something that distracts me. And so in my mind, here's what I did. I said, you know what? I need to change my homepage from ESPN.com to my UVert. I know you're listening to me on the radio right now. Okay, whoever, you know, they'll, they'll hear it next week. All right. To my version devotional so I don't get distracted. And you know what I said? No. I, no. I will not do that. That's going to ruin my routine. You know what I did? I changed it. I ch yes, praise Jesus. I changed it. And this morning, when I logged in to go do my devotional, I was so looking forward to going to ESPN.com and I forgot it went straight to the devotional. Yes, praise the Lord. Can you hear the excitement? We get so distracted sometimes well, God's, from God's voice, don't we? So many competing voices in our lives that are trying to pull us this way, that way, all around, trying to keep us away from what God is trying to talk. You know, the greatest way that God talks to us is through his scripture. You want to hear God's voice, read his word, plain and simple. You know, let's not get super spiritual about this and say, I got to hear him audibly. Let's get right into his word. That's where you will hear God's voice. But we could get so distracted. I tell you the story because I want to challenge you with that story and say, what is keeping you from his word? Make a change. Do something different. Something might make you just a tad bit uncomfortable, but it's for your benefit and for your growth. Luke chapter 10, verses 39 through 40 says, it gives a great example of distraction. Speaking of Mary and Martha here, it says, And she had a sister named Mary who seated herself at the Lord's feet and was listening to his teaching. But Martha, who's overly occupied, obviously too busy, was distracted with much serving. Jesus is in the same house with the same women, given the same message, both within ears you know, listening, whatever you want to call it. My mind just went blank. Thank you. Earshot of it, right? Could hear it, but only one received it. And the other one got nothing from it. Why? Because one was too busy, distracted, distracted. 
Are you too busy? Are you being distracted when God is trying to talk? When he is trying to communicate? Um, This leads us right into here to number three. Luke chapter 8 verse 14 says this. The seed that fell among weeds stands for those who hear. But as they go on their way, they are choked by life's worries. Anybody ever have a worry? Anybody worrying right now? You're you're worried to put your hand up because you're worried about what people's going to think. Choked by life's worries, riches, and and pleasures, and they don't what? Mature. Number three, the immature heart. In other words, I'm saved. I'm fine with that. I'm fine with my Christian walk right now. That's good. I'm good with it. I, 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 you know, I, I use my family all the time, and I'm going to use them again. I've used them two other times this morning already, but I've talked to my little guys, and our conversations usually gear around firefighting, Legos, and YouTube. Those are our conversations. And, and, and we don't want to do homework. All right? That's a, that's a struggle sometimes. But those were our, my conversations with my boys go. You know, thank God they grow up. Some of you are going, no, you want them to stay as little as possible. I get that. I, 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 I can't wait when I get to say that one day to somebody, that you want them to stay as little as possible. Actually, you know what? The other day I told Andrea, I said, you know, I think I got Carter at a good age right now. You know, I don't need him to get any older. He's good right where he's at. And then five minutes later, I was like, no, no, he's got he's to get older. He's got to get older, you know. But I have conversation with them, and the conversation's not deep conversation. It's pretty shallow conversation because all their minds can handle is just that. They can't handle the deep stuff. Sometimes I think God looks at us like I have to look at my toddlers or my little guys at home. You can't handle the deep stuff. I have to talk to you in shallow terms. He's looking for sophisticated communication with us sometimes. You want answers and real answers to life's biggest questions, but yet you're not listening when God's trying to talk, so therefore you can't grow. So therefore he, he's, he's becoming, you're restricting what he can do in your life. I don't want to restrict what God can do in my life. I don't want you to restrict what God can do in your life. We must become more mature when it comes into our walk with God. And how can we become more mature? None greater than listening to his voice, getting into his word, prayer, fasting, meditating upon him and the things that he wants for us in our everyday life. Hebrews chapter 12 verses 1 through 2 says this. Understand that God, again, is looking for conversation with us but Hebrews chapter 12 1 through 2 says since we are surrounded by so many examples of faith we must get rid of everything that what slows us down or what those things that are polluting our heart or what those things that are what distracting those what competing voices slows us down especially sin that what distracts us We must run the race that lies ahead of us and never give up. We must focus on who? Focus on who? One more time. Who? Thank you. Where is your life's focus? 
Are you focused on the next thing that you can buy? Are you focused on the next vacation? Are you focused on the next big event in your life? Or are you what? Focused on Jesus. Are you keeping the frequency so that he can speak into your life and getting rid of all the loud noises that are happening around us trying to pour into us when we need to focus on his voice? Maturity comes when we stop making excuses and that we start making changes. So with that, what are some of the changes that you need to make? I can't answer that question for you. That's a question that stirs thought with inside of you. What are some of the changes that you need to make in your life? What are the things that you're allowing to speak into you that are causing you to make decisions and that are influencing you that maybe are not lined up with the word of God? You know, one of the greatest things for me is being surrounded of like-minded people, like people of like faith. I need that in my life. I'm not the type of person that can be alone. Some of you are. That's awesome. To me, that looks boring. That, to me, I can't stand to be alone. I mean, you know, there's sometimes I have to be here at the church by myself and I'm like, can somebody just come by? I don't care who you are in the moment. Just somebody drop by and say hi. You know, I don't like to be alone. I'm not a loner. I need people around me, but I need the right people. I need people who can speak into my life. I need people of encouragement. I need people of compassion and love. So that means I need to be that for other people as well. If that's what I need, that's what I need to give. And the only way I can truly give that is when I begin to listen to God's voice and I listen to his communication and I listen to him speaking to me. Luke chapter eight, and this leads us right into our fifth and final point this morning. But Luke chapter eight, verse 15 said this, but the seed on good soil stands for those with a noble and good heart who hear the word, retain it, and by preserving Produce what? A crop. So number four leads us to this. A prepared heart. Prepared heart. Um, I talked to you guys. We were looking at the, the book of Daniel. And we understood through that, that study that we went through that series. That those were individuals who were predetermined, weren't they? A prepared heart is a predetermined heart. It's a heart that says, you know what? It's time for change. It's time to repent. Number one. It's a heart that says it's time to refocus or what? Renew my commitment to God. Renew my, my, my morning devotion time. I'm going I'm to challenge you this way. And I stopped doing this for some time and I shouldn't have stopped by saying this right. What I'm going to say here is, is, how many of you are in a reading plan? Don't raise your hands. Just think about it. How many of you are in a daily reading plan? I hope you are. If you're not, you need to start one today. If you've been in one, but you got lazy on it, pick it back up. Get right back into it. Don't quit. Go after it. There's one thing you're going to learn about me, and I think you've already learned that, is that I'm full. I'm all about God giving us full wisdom and knowledge of his scriptures. That's where the true power of his spirit resides. There's nothing like it. 
when we can allow the word of God to interact. And then revive. God, revive us. Revive us. Help me to refocus. Help me to repent. But now revive us. Pray for revival within our church. Pray for revival in our community. Pray for revival within the shore. Let's, let's, let's see God do something more wonderful. Let's see the wonders of God happen in this place. Let's refocus our energy off of what was to what is and what's going to be. Let's go after God with a hunger and a thirst like maybe we've never done before. Putting down all personal agenda and saying, God, I want more of you and only you. I no longer want the polluted heart. I no longer want to be distracted. I don't want to be immature. But God, I want to go after what it is that you have. I want to go after the prepared heart. I want you to stand with me this morning. I'm going to close with this last scripture here. And this comes from 2 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 1. And I love this scripture. I, I think this is a, the best way that I could close this out. It says, let's make a clean break. Let's make a clean break with everything that defiles or distracts us, both within and without. Let's make our entire lives fit and holy temples for the worship of who? God. Let's make a clean break. Let's go after this thing. God's voice is clearest in a prepared environment. Let's predetermine today. Things are going to be different. Predetermined today that, you know, I need to hear God's voice again. Maybe, maybe you've been an individual and, and you could say, you know, honestly, I've, I've heard it. I've heard it through the scripture. I've heard, you know, I've gone through different seasons. And, and, and when I read a particular passage of scripture, which was oftentimes unplanned, God's words like were jumping off the page to me. And it brought life and excitement back inside of me. That's God speaking. You know, maybe you've been, uh, you know, sat here and you were going through a particular thing and whatever I had to say or, or Pastor John Thorne had to say or, or any other speaker that was up here or in a classroom had to say, maybe those words echoed so loudly within your spirit that was God's voice speaking to you. Maybe you've uh, been in an environment and you knew you did not belong in the environment. And you were so uncomfortable, and I promise you, we've all probably been there a time or two. And we knew we didn't belong, and we knew that this was not the nature of what God would want us to be at in this moment. So uncomfortable. Guess what? That's God's voice leading, speaking to you. You see, God speaks in so many ways. We, we kind of say, you know what, God can only speak this way or that way or in this type of situation or in that type of situation. No. God, you know what? Speak to us. Father, speak to our hearts and our minds and our souls. We're a church. We're your people. We are the body of Christ. We are the temple of your Holy Spirit. And we long, Lord, for you to speak to us. We long, Father, Lord, for the power of your Holy Spirit to be demonstrated. We long, Father, Lord, for you to jump out in the pages that we read in your word. Speak to us. We long to have conversation where maybe you will use someone, Lord, to speak to us. We long, Father Lord, when we could come into the house that you have built 
and hear a message, Lord, rather through a person or through a song. Lord, speak to us. However way you see fit today, God. I pray, Lord, that you would help us to, to be rid of the distracted heart, to be rid of the polluted heart, to be rid of, Lord, the immature heart. But Father, Lord, to take on the prepared heart. God, we are predetermined, moving forward, that this is what we want. You know, I'm challenged every week to stand before you one or two times a week. And then I'm challenged, you, you'll you know, have conversation with you throughout the week. And God, I don't want to say the wrong thing. I want to give them the right message. And I'm so careful with my prayer time of saying, God, you know what? Give me, lead me, guide me. I wonder if we would take that same care every day personally for each one of us and how we could interact in someone's life and how that could be different. How God could use you to speak life into death, to revive some what, as that song says, to revive some dry bones, you know? So my challenge to you today is this. And the question that we should all think to ourselves, are we hearing God's voice? Are you hearing God's voice? Because he wants to talk. He wants to speak. Or is the distracted heart, the immature heart, the polluted heart taking control? Are they interfering with what God is trying to say to you? So my question to you this morning, and every about every I close, if you could say, Pastor Kevin, you know what? Today, today I want, I want God to know wholeheartedly. Today I want him to speak to me. I, I want to recommit maybe to a reading plan in his word. I, 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 I want to, you know what? Repent today. Repent of some old sin that has just been weighing heavy on me and I've gone to God with it before but deep down in my spirit I just don't have the faith that he can forgive me for it or maybe maybe you're like you know what I'll, this whole God relationship thing with Jesus Christ I've just been fine with just saying I'm a, I'm a Christian and wanting no more I'm okay with just wanting no more and just saying I'm a Christian and you're thinking to yourself, you know what, it's time. It's time to mature, it's time to grow up. It's time to have that sophisticated conversation that God wants to have with me. It's time for him to pour into my life like I know he wants to. If any of that resonates within your spirit today and you know that's you, here's what I want you, I just want you to lift your hand up. All across this room, there are people lifting their hands. You can put them right down. Let's go after God right now, Father. You saw every lifted hand, but more importantly, Lord, you see every heart that says this morning, God, I want to hear from you. I want to recommit to a reading plan. I want to, I want to become more mature in my relationship with you. I, I want those sophisticated, there's an intellect, uh, those conversations, Lord, that are meaningful with you, God. And I no longer want to be distracted by my sin of the past, but Lord, I want to be able to give it to you and knowing, Lord, that you have forgiven me so that, we, Lord, we can move forward. 
God, you see the people today who are saying, I want more of you. I want to hear your voice. So today, God, today they come with a prepared heart. They're predetermined moving forward. Predetermined moving forward, Lord, that you are wanting to speak to them. Predetermined moving forward, Lord, that they're going to open their ears, as that scripture says, to listen to your voice. So many times, God, we have allowed your word to go upon the rocky ground or upon the the ground of thorns and, and all of this stuff. But God, today, your word goes upon good soil and every heart that's here. So today, God, do this work in Jesus' name. So Father, as we leave this place, may the words of our mouth and the meditation of our heart be acceptable in your sight. O Lord, our strength and our redeemer. As we leave here, Father, Lord, and we give our tithings, our giftings, and our offerings, may they be used to continually grow your kingdom and to make a difference in the world that we live in. In Jesus' name. And the church says, amen and amen. We love you guys. We'll see you next week.